0: I'm master debater.
1: Hello there, my fellow
0: bitter what, uh, what what's what's the topic for today? What do you what do you want to get into?
1: Fairly hot off the press. The whole world has been watching, which is amazing. Monk debates, the monk debates and this year's debate. I was with Douglas Murray, Matt Tybee, Matt Tybee. Correct me on that. Malcolm Gladwell and michelle goldberg what was the premise you've seen it i can't
0: remember what was it yeah it's um matt taibbi is his name he's a former uh, rolling stones reporter basically the debate was about some of the topics we've been referencing recently but basically it boils down to just public trust in the mainstream media and why are they no longer trustworthy? And one side was making the case that they can't be trusted, although you should still consume it. And the other side was trying to make the case that they are still trusted, and they shouldn't be being ridiculed as much as they are.
1: Yeah, it's funny how the whole thing took a uh, a time scale of in the past it was wonderful. Well, you know, coming from the coming from the um. we're going to have to distinguish the for and against motion the for, for the premise that the mainstream media can't be trusted that was murray and taibi and uh against the motion they're saying the mainstream media could be trusted that was gladwell and uh the other one (laughs) must remember the name goldberg so um yeah it did take a bit of a in the past it used to be good was coming from the side, but i i don't know i i think you could have taken time out of it completely i mean it media used to be a pastime for the rich and powerful didn't it to get their points of view across and maybe in rec- in more recent times it's become a political device to steer through legislation which benefits those very high-powered business people but i don't think that time needed to come into it at all what say you
0: are you, um, are you referencing uh, Taibbi's throwback and the callbacks and the uh, uh, him getting into it with Gladwell about that sort of 1950s era?
1: No, just clarifying the way you put it. And I'm just saying that, that the premise was just mainstream media, full stop, not about how it's changed or anything. That's all. Just clarifying that. Anyhow, overall,
0: what did you think of the debate? Okay, sorry, sorry, I misunderstood you there. Maybe I was thinking because there's two, there's two sort of comments to that. One was the debate structure itself, which I liked. Uh, I think it's sort of lost today. Uh, I picked up on the Monk debates years ago when uh, Stephen Fry, who I'm a big fan of, and Jordan Peterson uh, were up on stage. I only got to listen to the podcast this time, so I didn't get any of the visuals of what it was like to see them on stage debating each other. Uh, but I enjoy the format. I like uh, sort of fact-based, you know, where people can go back and forth. Uh, Douglas Murray, obviously very skilled uh, debater. Uh, I think he's sort of won out in the evening. I don't know what you thought. Maybe we could we should break down each of the four and what our views were on them.
1: Yeah, I agree. I um I listened to the podcast, in which case, God, Douglas Murray. His uh his, his vocal devices just ring right through. And then for the final bit, I did check out the video. And it's funny, Matt Taibi, he didn't come across well in audio, but he does come across well visually. So it's 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 interesting all of that. Anyhow, dealing with them one by one. Yeah, um Douglas Murray, fantastic but he, he he's he he can use rhetoric and delivery so well uh, a couple of times I had to keep putting that aside and think okay what is he actually saying uh, but he did a really good job of trying to bring the argument back to the idea of mainstream media can't be trusted because the uh, all the others just kept going down rabbit holes of talking about Trump and Hunter Biden and uh defensive i mean mark malcolm gladwell he was more packaging than content i found it was almost like he had scribed what he was going to say before he got on there and as douglas murray said malcolm you haven't listened to anything which we've said at all yet. Yeah, i thought that was very fair matt Taibbi, he he was all right but a bit forgettable like i said not brilliant with the delivery vocally but good visually but he did well to present you know um uh an ideal of what he was looking for from mainstream media and then michelle goldberg well she's just an, just an embarrassment i mean she was on stage with peterson and uh stephen fry and she was crap there and i found all the, throughout this she only hit the target once but the rest of the time she was just scattergunning with anecdotes and defensiveness and that's what i found about uh, gladwell and her uh, goldberg actually they were just constantly on the defense
0: yeah, I think it's it's pretty apparent you can tell who the uh, <clears throat> sort of natural orators are. M- Murray's obviously really well educated. Um, I've read a few of his books, The Strange Death of Europe and Madness of Crowds. I don't know if you've read those. I was also a big fan of Malcolm Gladwell prior to this. I have to say, I lost a lot of respect for him. Uh, he couldn't seem to hold his uh, he couldn't seem to hold his own, and he wanted to sort of play the race card at every turn and, and use some of these uh, uh, phrases that you're not allowed to argue with. Uh, yeah, the woman, Michelle Goldberg, that's the second time I've seen her. I guess she's like a New York Times columnist or something. I, I don't know why they keep bringing her out. Uh, she she makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, she obviously has Trump derangement syndrome. And uh, she she, again, tried to just keep, continuing to cover up on Hunter Biden, the laptop stories, and everything else. Uh, Taibbi is, he's got a slight stammer or stutter or a, like a lisp. He doesn't come across great uh, verbally. But if you listen to the points he's making, and especially in his writing, he's actually very good. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure visually he appeared better. Audio uh, wasn't great. But like i say i think murray stole a show last night
1: yeah it was a demonstration of how a great orator can steal a show because yeah malcolm gladwell he's a great writer he's done some really good books taibi i expect he also is a very good writer but if you can't deliver verbally and with stage presence <laughs> that's why that's why murray stole the show a, a lot of um oh and by the way i noticed that goldberg actually was jumping all over taibi towards the end and it's like whoa 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 you've had your chance to speak so i think she was just trying to get some gain some points from that because he was a weak target um i noticed that other people are commentating that um douglas murray wiped the floor with gladwell i wouldn't go that farther uh he he was consistent murray you know good on him he kept trying to bring it back to just should we trust you know he kept putting that across but i wouldn't say he wiped the floor with gladwell
0: well we finally found something we disagree with um i thought not only did he wipe the floor with uh, gladwell he sort of offered him his ass on a plate and said you want you want to eat some more here when he tore gladwell apart you know gladwell is making the case The whole time that it's about process the mainstream media has a set of processes professional norms and uh fairness and accuracy and you have to fact check and how he hires fact checkers and you know that's how the industry works and murray just ripped him to shreds and said you know that book you wrote on the troubles in the ira uh you you, the whole chapter you got completely wrong why didn't you do any fact checking before publishing this stuff so i thought that was just one example i can give you more but that was the best one for me
1: actually that brings about a, a good element actually which i wanted to comment there was a bit too much mudslinging you know don't focus on the individual we can't always get everything right all the time gladwell is there selling books and also you know what he's trying to do um is illustrate you know using metaphor sometimes you know he i don't know about him as a journalist <laughs> he was very he was very proud about that wasn't he um but his books you know he's more of an entertainer with his books i think you know to give pause for thought but overall when they started firing arrows at each other's work then it was you know the moderator should have kind of pulled it back to the topic at that point that it did devolve into that a little bit too much for my liking and also i don't think so much that uh, yeah malcolm gladwell he did mention it wasn't so much he was um trying to paint taibi as a racist i don't think i think it was more he lives in that bubble of equality and when he heard taibi say you know it's trigger words when taibi said oh back in the 50s they got all points of views and then whoa you know Gladwell living in that bubble of equality and diversity and so yeah he went down that trail you know that was a bit of a tangent not so much a tangent as a fork and then Murray rightly but again another fork you know highlighted that and swung that back onto you know Gladwell to say gladwell's just talking out of his ass so i think both i think they're all a little bit guilty of forking off in different directions rather than getting to the premise of what's being said and i don't blame them you know you can one enjoyable thing about these monk debates as you can see it gets quite not heated on stage but certainly um impassioned
0: yeah i, w- I would agree with most of that i mean Ta- taidi's whole point he wasn't referencing it as like some great era of journalism. He was just saying, you know, look, and this is what we discussed the other day, like when we grew up, uh, the news media shouldn't be on a side. It should focus on getting stuff right and just give you the basic facts, and then you get to form your opinion. I forget which podcast it was we did where where I was making this similar sort of case of everything is so opinionated now and slanted, and that's great. Everyone can have different opinions, but we were at a stage, and I think Murray said it best, he said, you know, we're living in a century where we have different facts, and that's not good. I also liked the way Murray came to the defense because I think you said it a little bit earlier, you know, Murray was on point. He tried to pull the conversation back every time. So anytime Gladwell pulled the race card or civil rights or representation and all this sorta of, New Age arguing style, uh, Murray would try and pull him back, and then when Gladwell wouldn't come back, uh, you know, Murray was smart enough to say, okay, if you're going to attack Taibbi and sort of slander him as some white supremacist-loving Walter Cronkite in the 50s, which that wasn't his point at all, you know, Murray shredded him. And, you know, luckily he was smart enough and he's well-read enough that he could Recognize it, and he was quite happy to to take it down to a personal level. At the end of the day, which is fun to watch, right? It's fun to watch intellectuals argue about stuff, and how childlike they can be. Bam! I hit,
1: I think you hit the nail on the head there. I really do. um <laughs> You say it's fun to watch them argue. It's also fun to see the the uh, their thinking, isn't it? And you're right. You know, Douglas Murray, he was um, he was trying to shape. while debating he was also trying to shape it into you know a coherent form and he did spring to the defense and he did call up uh gladwell three times didn't he on like look you need to get out of this little bubble and this is what i mean about it, it it can get quite reactionary can't it and people will get Certainly bogged down in the weeds. I mean, I think that was a big, big problem here. There was a, a, there was a lot of detail stuff, a lot of Trump derangement syndrome, <laughs> but there was there were too many specifics, and they, and they did get into the weeds. And Murray did really try to pull it back, didn't it? And you're right, he fired warning shots across Gladwell's bow. And there was also a point where uh, Gladwell said, "Oh, you you two should uh, get in step," and you know it was just marvelous to watch the spectacle of. Uh, quick thinking and Murray's saying hang on we're we're arguing the same premise but we come from different backgrounds different stances no we don't need to get in step at all in order to agree on this premise which is fantastic you know there's so many little opportunities weren't there which made you go oh that's that's a clever way of thinking but as for the childish squabbles yeah when I said earlier that um they were they gladwell and goldberg were very much on the defense i found throughout they were they weren't even defending their positions they were defending their past behavior and excusing the the media they represented what did you think
0: i think think that's all right and thank you for agreeing with me finally you acknowledge that i make a good point every once in a while um yeah no the 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 shots across the bow and all that were great. It's one of the things that, you know, <clears throat> makes makes it respectable in the debate, right? I mean, Douglas Murray at any point could have played the gay card, right? He could have said, well, hey, I'm gay, so, you know, don't speak to me like this. But he doesn't. He doesn't drop to that level. Uh, I, that's where I lost respect for Gladwell. Um... The, the the woman, I forget her name. I mean, she's she's almost forgettable. Uh, Michelle Goldberg, something like that. Like, it was really... Gladwell was taking pot shots at Taibbi. Murray was destroying both of them in a full-on argument. You know, not argument, but in debate. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Like you say, it's fun it's fun to watch people who are quick on their feet who are intelligent, uh, very articulate. You know, Obama was like that, right? Like Oda, Obama's probably the best orator I've ever heard. Um, you know, probably what you want in a statesman to. You know, what what you would envision a leader of the most powerful in the country would look like. Donald Trump, completely opposite to that. Um, so, you know. I think they're fun. I think they should do more of these. I think they should have better shows on television and the mainstream media. They used to have a show back in the day called Crossfire, where you would do this, this sort of similar debate. And uh, then Jon Stewart came along and destroyed the uh, entire media landscape. So it's, a, it's all, like I say, it's all too opinionated for me these days, but uh, I like it. And I think that's why stuff like the Monk Debates are successful because they're sort of returning to traditional debate or what we understood as debate and not just giving lectures on how you should feel, how you should think. Uh, that whole facts versus feelings argument.
1: Yeah, you make a good point now and then on a good day. Just going back over some of what you said. Yeah, not to be a Douglas Murray suckfest, but <laughs> he never plays the gay card, does he? Unless he is saying this is what it's like from the gay perspective and he and he says it so that you know he actually educates people who are not part of that scene yeah brilliant doesn't he 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 can he holds back there's so many ways he could spin off obama best orator. yeah man what an entertainer god he just had presence doesn't he when you say that i imagine him up at the rostrum kind of not being afraid to hold a pause and tell a joke and all the rest of it yeah he was superb and it just goes to show doesn't it um you know if you can speak in front of a crowd with confidence and clarity, man, you'll go far. You'll go far. Um, and, and finally, you said, you know, we we need more of this. YouTube, baby. I mean, this, the long form discussion on pod, on podcasts and YouTube has surprised everyone. And, uh, you know, they I'm not going to name names, <laughs> but I'll simply say a lot of people have commented, my God you know if you had said that people will happily sit down and listen to two hours of chat between a couple of intellectuals they would have called you mad but no uh and so we don't need mainstream media to or the or tv who the hell watches tv anymore we don't need them to do it we got youtube we've got people who are pursuing their interests and conveying it and there's always an audience to listen i'm not sure if the monk debate format is the best thing because it is time really time constrained but it does keep it sharp and snappy i don't know with this one just to reflect on what we've seen with my debate um i find there wasn't much ag- an wasn't much acknowledgement of how the media is positioned within the establishment and economies and governments i mean we all kind of know it but reflected on it would have enforced the actual topic a little bit better i think
0: yeah. Well said you. Um, I think, you know, I would have loved, I, I mean, I could have listened to, take Taibbi and the woman, Michelle, out of the conversation. I could, I could listen to Murray and Gladwell go back and forth for two hours, no problem on YouTube. And you're right. But I, I think Uh, we've been programmed and manipulated by the media for so long now that everyone was desperate um, or there was a hunger for these sort of long form podcasts and people were just getting switched off. Because if you listen to any of the news, you're just being lectured about how you should feel and people are just tired of being lectured. They just want to hear a couple individuals, intellectuals, pick your topic, you know, if you're interested in science, or COVID policy, or ARMS, you know, whatever it is, you can go find somebody who's got a podcast about it and listen to it. I think that's one of been one of the saving graces. And I think that the governments, they've had a lot of influence over the mainstream media for, you know, the last 60 years. And then along comes Facebook, the internet, YouTube, Uh, Spotify now, you know, the Joe Rogans of the world, uh, the Michael Malises, the Chris Williamson, the trigonometry guys. Uh, They're proven. There's obviously a a hunger, a need in the marketplace uh, for people to have these open and frank discussions. And I think it comes back a little bit to what we've said about free speech and Elon Musk with Twitter now as well. I think people are starting to see people get shut down on mainstream media or not be invited on shows and no longer having a de- debate and just pushing one 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 agenda from the sort of globalists, if you like. And, uh, yeah, it's been fun. It, we'll see where it goes. But I think the mainstream media is dying. And uh, I think, uh, again, Michelle Goldberg and... Ah, uh, Gladwell. Were trying to defend a dying industry, and they, they, they have their own cognitive bias, and it hurts them that they're in so much trouble and they're being ridiculed. <laughs> being ridiculed.
1: Yeah, I agree with you.
0: Um,
1: in fact, there's a bit of a shame that you know, whenever you invest energy and time into something, you do become its defender. And so, if anyone has studied journalism for three years, you know, they've been not only uh, indoctrinated into it but they've invested into it and so they are going to defend it um, in, in, in a way it makes them the worst people to commentate on it because they're well within that camp and as for the new platforms i mean yeah twitter if the free speech continues because youtube does censor a lot i think a lot of it will swing over to twitter as being the um you know the place for a proper Free speech. One last question to you, before we go out, one last question to you. I mean, we, a lot of the stuff that we discuss and a lot of the, and nice list of uh, influences there, by the way, I I concur with most of them. And there's a couple of new ones. Um, You know, we, is, is it just pushing back against the establishment and that's where the long form is coming from? What I wonder is about all my friends who are very much mainstream and go along with woke ideology and go along with just everything which progresses, because it serves them very well. Do they, do they listen to any other long formats or do they just continue to, you know, suckle from the tea to mainstream? In other words, what are our counterparts doing? Are they actually listening to long
0: form debates as well? Any ideas? I think, I think that's a good conversation we should explore further on who listens and why they listen. But I think that's part of the brainwashing uh, game as well. A lot of people are busy. A lot of people are nine to five jobs. A lot of people have kids. They're tied up in activities, uh, travel, working. Just a lot of people don't have a lot of time. But you find more and more people are starting to listen more and more. Rogan is the perfect example. I think that guy's got to be the biggest podcast in the world now, Uh, and he came out of nowhere. So anyway, it's been good discussion. Hope uh, everyone enjoyed it. Let's go out with a song. Don't ask me what you know is true.